Hello and welcome to the Modex podcast and today I'm really, really happy to be joined by Guy Golan. Um, Guy is the co-founder and the CEO of Performanta um, and heads up his purple tribe of employees. Um, so I, yeah, I love that term of how you describe your wonderful employees and we're going to come into a bit more about, you know, why that's so important and the culture and everything throughout this because I know in our in our previous discussions that's really kind of been a been a key thread but welcome guy thank you very much for for coming on well thanks for having me Haley. i'm looking forward to the conversation it's going to be fun amazing amazing um so before we kind of get into it um i've given a, a brief introduction but maybe you could um you know give us a better idea really of you who you are and, and your role um and, and how you kind of came to set performance up is that okay yeah of course um so my name is guy golan um it's an israeli name uh, the accent would give it away that it's definitely not local <laughs> and um yeah i'm the ceo founder of performanta and the interesting thing is that performanta is uh, a managed security organization uh, providing uh, what we call a cutting edge xdr which is extended detection and response uh, that provides clients a much safer world through um, the safe platform that we created. Uh, now, to get to all that point in less than 30 seconds to understand that that's what we do, it was probably an evolution of 25 years to yeah. get to that point uh, yeah. through various of experiences. So I'm not going to try and um, and bore everybody around. I just explain briefly of my experience. So um, Israeli Defense Force did some work in the area of intelligence. Um, not going to dive into it, uh, obviously. And then evolved myself through university, studied the most boring thing in the world, which is accounting, and um, to become an economist, only to discover that I enjoy the world of business. I had a little bit of in my life, um, I opened a few companies in my life. One of them was a um, comic book organization in Israel, which was the largest in the Middle East. I've done some work, which is great, by the way. It's just, I'm, I'm a big geek and a big fan of comic books until <laughs> So um, Marvel, DC, all of those, uh, the movies are quite awesome. But I, I enjoy yeah. beyond that. And then evolved into um, into the area that I've done um, in aviation. I was in charge of Africa and um, before that, Latin America. And all of those somewhat culminated into uh, the performance of today because each and every one brought some experience that gave me a picture that I don't never thought I would have. Uh, the picture of how to provide managed services properly to a client is a culmination of those experiences in the sense that aviation explained to me how you ensure that you keep people safe because it's probably the safest form of transport. Transport, which is part of aviation, explained to me the evolution of transport. 5,000 years from you know carrying something on your shoulder, a, a wounded animal or a hunted animal to the moment or the point that you've got aircraft flying and and cars driving and red means stop and this hand means stop and turn right and turn left everything seems to be well organized it took five thousand years to get that whereas the world of cyber is just 70 75 years old yeah. and still has a long way to evolve and develop yeah. so that gave me that level of understanding and also the, the understanding of what is to manage service because in aviation uh, you have to make sure that you look after everything because you can't just say, I'm going to manage a feature 
because the thing next to it, if it's not managed properly, it can cause for an aircraft to crash. So you have to cover everything in your world of managed services, which brought us to the understanding of how Performanta should be doing its managed services to keep clients safe. So if I take the safety from the aviation world, how managed services should be to keep clients safe with our vast experience throughout the years, which is DNA of the company, of how to avoid obstacles and, and events and incidents, what we call troubleshooting. It just created the right recipe for where we are today as a purple tribe, providing it to our clients a much safer environment than what they've got. Yeah, amazing. And what what do you feel that you you do differently? And there is there is a lot that you do differently because of your I believe because of your kind of mindset, but what do you feel like your approach is when it comes to your your clients? That's something we discussed, which I found really interesting. So it's quite interesting in the sense because people say the client is always right and the client comes first, uh, which amazing cliches. So I think that the client is not always right. And our job, especially in security, is not to show them all, always or agree with them on everything because we are the subject matter experts. Um, and, and do we like our clients? We are obsessed about our clients. Yeah. We love our clients. We adore our clients. And, and it's our job to serve them as well as possibly can so they can truly focus on the true business of where they are because the de true definition of safety is to allow an organization, an individual to continue with their planned routine uninterruptedly. And that's what the whole idea in the cyber world is if I have a plan, especially when every organization today has either embarked or massively are into um, a digital transformation, it means that their digital footprint is so big and so uh, significant that our job is to keep them safe by allowing them to continue with that digital um, operation that they've got, whether it is to bank properly or to have a point of sale, whether it is to manufacture something better or just accept a, a patient and make sure that they are um, yeah. they are sold properly. So that level of obsession cannot be done and will never be able to be done without the human resource, the human capital, as we call the tribe of Performanta. Yeah. And that's where I put most of my effort mm -hmm. around the organization. So in order for us to have really happy clients, you need to ensure that you have employees that are feeling, they feel they're part of this tribe, part of a bigger process that is a purpose driven to really change something significant in the way that the world um, has, is working and, and operating, especially when the way we operated until about 2017, we realize that everything we've done is so sarcastically wrong because we never looked at the offensive side of the world, the hackers, the pen testers. Mm -hmm. yep. um, we thought we're doing a great job for our clients only to discover that actually we don't. Mm -hmm. and, and that level of the offensive side created a good balance for us to realize and genuinely realize what needs to be done better to keep clients safe. And you, you would not be able to achieve that if there's no genuine honesty as part of your culture, um, where employees first feel belong, secondly, they feel that they can contribute, and thirdly, that they know that every word they say, they're not gonna be judged on. In fact, they're gonna be listened to and 
accommodated, whether it is by educating them about what the new way should be done or by absorbing what they said and thanking them for bringing us a great idea. Yeah, amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, do you know what? Our previous conversations, um, it really, really resonated with me how passionate you are about the employees that work for your business. And I was looking on your LinkedIn and your about section. I absolutely love it. If you don't mind, I'd like to read it out for the listeners, if, if that's OK, um, because I feel like my next question, this will kind of lead into nicely. Um, so you say about yourself, you know the moment when you smile after you do something that you think is great. You know the moment when your words carry weight and people's lives are changed. You know this instance when someone comes to you and says thank you for what you've done. You know that moment when the picture is so clear and all you need now is to get your people running in the same direction. I'm privileged to know and experience these moments. I'm privileged to work with a team that has the soul, the passion, the enthusiasm, the drive and the care to make the world a safer place. I'm privileged to be part of the leadership team. Our accumulated intelligence is a force to be reckoned with, something that's been proven to be unstoppable. I love what I do every day. I love my family. I love my team. I love information security. Um, and I just love that because I feel like that really comes across in the conversations that I've had with you. Um, and, le and leading on from that, um, please could you talk to us in a bit more detail about your company culture and what that looks like and what your employees experience on a daily basis? Uh, definitely. Um, first, uh, thank you for reading that. Uh, I, I, haven't, I haven't read that for a long time, so uh, it's <laughs> nice to, to hear it from your voice. Um, the the interesting part is that culture is, is created by by the head of the organization it always is um it's all about how we lead and how we take care of our employees mm -hmm. i don't know um i do know um, funny enough is my first um, girlfriend's dad he had a big factory about 700 employees and one day i went to visit um the factory and he was there and he said come with me and not because he wanted to show me because he was on his way to the office and he greeted everybody and he wow. knew their names and he walked through uh, the aisles uh, while he was on the manufacturing line. And I said to myself, I'll be like that. So when I get to the office in the morning, I get through every single desk, every single room and say good morning to everyone. Mm -hmm. If I look at someone's face and I see that the day is not the best, I just stall for a moment and ask how it is. Um, I know the employee's name. I know everybody by name. And it's a commitment from my side. I take the time to learn. I know, I try to know their hobbies and if they've got spouses and children, just to know them better. Why? Because many of the people that joined Performanta, they joined from organizations where they felt like they're a number. Mm -hmm. They're just another resource as opposed to a soul, a human being. And from my perspective, just makes no sense uh, when i sit with my employees once a month and uh, we call it a, a breakfast or birthday breakfast so the people that have that birthday during that month i'm having one hour with them for oh lovely and just speak not work and they they quite often i'm asked the question you know you're the ceo um what does it mean and i say guys it means only two things it means that i've taken a bigger risk than any of you mm -hmm. You, and you can take that risk if you want to be the CEO. And secondly, it means that I've got sets of skills that are good for my role 
that has evolved throughout the time. And that set of skills is complementary to your set of skills. And what makes us unique is ability, the ability to take all those skills, put them together in one direction and make sure that it happens. Mm -hmm. um, and I, from a hierarchy perspective, that's where it's built, but it doesn't mean that I'm above you as a human being. I'm equal to you. And that's the way that it's important for me to always convey the message and not only that, but behave like that. So the culture of Performanta is very inclusive, uh, fun, professional, um, and, and I couldn't put my uh, finger on it because many people ask me what it is. And then one day I went to a meeting and someone said, when I described the culture and that person was in our offices and they said, your culture is magnetic. And I said, I like that. I'm actually going to use it. So I believe that our culture is magnetic. It attracts the right people yeah. and repels the not so right people. Yeah. So it feels like you have great people being together, no matter if you're in our office in South Africa, in our office in the UK, in our office in the US, when people arrive, they just connect very quickly. Um, it requires a lot of hard work. It's so easy to create silos. It's so easy to ignore the importance of human mm -hmm. beings. Yeah. Sometimes when you are busy, it's so, it's so easy to forget to say, thank you so much, or have a nice day, or I really appreciate what you've done. And it requires hard work. Yeah. And those moments of hard work seep through my executive team and eventually my middle management team and all my employees to the yeah. degree that we call ourselves the Purple Tribe. And, and the reason why, and I, I didn't, by the way, I didn't create the name Purple Tribe. It was created by one of our employees because I always said that we are one family. Yeah. And then one day in, one of, in, in the all hands, I do monthly all hands to all my employees. One guy uh, jumped into the all hands and he said, we are big, we're too big. We can't call ourselves a family. We have lots of families. And then another guy said, yeah, we're like a tribe. And then it's stuck. Yeah. And, it, <laughs> and, and, it, and it makes sense because... In a tribe, everybody has a role to do because if you don't go and hunt and get wood and make the fire, there'll be no food. Mm -hmm. So this is the culture that we've got. And it, it requires a lot of um, high level of discipline from me and from the people underneath to respect each other and accept each other's opinions. Um, when someone opens their mouth, they first we say they took the courage to do it. Respect that. Mm. Secondly, is if they open their mouth and they say something of, of great value, commend them for it. If they didn't say something that is of great value, repeat what they said just to see that you understood them properly. And then suggest another alternative to that thought, which is the start of a discussion. Yeah. Those are things that are... I would say that are quite inherent in the way we operate in, as a company. And it's fun. It's nice. It's, it generates so much. It takes politics away. Yeah. It takes friction away. You couple that with proper KPIs of what people need to know, what their tasks, how they're going to measure on it, and how they're going to be rewarded on it. I believe that this is, um, that's all I wanted to have when I was young. Yeah. It's quite interesting because the relationship between um, executive management and employees is much like a relationship between parents and children. First, children cannot be fooled. They can really quickly know how authentic you are or inauthentic yeah. you are. Mm. They know if you mean what you say and you say what you mean very quickly. 
And, uh, and when the lack of authenticity is seeping through, it's like a cancer. Yeah. It's unstoppable. Uh, it creates so much bad vibe and bad results. It turns everything on its head. Um, so in my whole hands, for example, on a monthly basis, my employees know exactly where we stand. They know how much money we've got in the bank. They know how profitable we are or not. They know where we are, moments of that we celebrate, moments of challenges. Yeah. Because they need to know if they do care. And I assume the fact that they are with Performanta as part of the Purple Tribe, they do care. So if they know yeah. we're having a tough moment, they would want to come and say, how can I help? Yeah. And from my perspective, it's been proven because I've been doing it for three years now, that that level of um, transparency and authenticity is paying off in a big way because you can see them as well being transparent and authentic. Mm -hmm. An employee might come and say, I'm not happy, which is absolutely, and instead of sh shutting them down, let's understand what, why you're not happy, what happened. Oh, the role evolved, and I, I don't think that this is for me anymore. Great. You want to stick around. We want you to stick around, because if we didn't want you to be around, the discussion would have happened already months ago. So yeah. we want you to be around, and the fact that you come and speak to us, it means that you don't want to leave. Yeah. How do, we, how do we build something that makes sense to all of us? And if not, how do we part ways in a way that is so respectful? Mm -hmm. Because you're not a bad person. You're a great human being, just potentially looking for something else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's that speaks volumes itself that people can say that because if you if you're not happy, you're not happy. You know, lot, lots of people not, aren't happy. People aren't happy in the roles. Um, but it's it's very rare that an employer will get to the bottom of that and the reasons. And you're fostering a very very open um, kind of communication channel here that people can be themselves and and say how they feel. Um, it's just a no-brainer, isn't it? It's a no-brainer, but it's hard. Like you said, it's hard work. But yeah, it's a really. Uh... And, yet, and yet, I don't understand why people don't do it. Mm, yeah, exactly. Just, I was I was in a session. So one of my uh, key account managers, he didn't used to work for me. He used to work for a partner of ours. And one day, I saw that he wrote an email, and the client responded in such an abrasive way. The guy was very very polite, and he didn't work for me again. Um, he, he, he worked for the other guys and he and the client replied in such a horrific way that was about 10 years ago and I replied back to the client and I said sorry to tell you but you're not going to speak to him like that mm. he's a human being you're a human being there's the, the basics of eti etiquette and the way to communicate between human beings I was reprimand, reprimanded by the client and I, I stood firm on it yeah. and two things happened this client eventually appreciated us even more and this account manager said, I want to come and work for you. Yeah, I was going to say, I bet I bet the client actually took a step back to think about how, yeah. you know, his words and actions yeah, because were received. The fact that you've got a title doesn't make you a better mm. on any element, apart from potentially the fact that you are a specialized resource that your employer found potentially um, your position and you in that position to be the right one. It doesn't make you better on any measurement. I always say, you know, doesn't make you better in your love to your parents or to your wife. It doesn't make you better in terms of love to your kids. Doesn't make you better in terms of your education. The world that we live in is already quite polarized. 
we don't need more of that. We need actually the opposite of it. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Thank you. Um, I've got a few a few other questions, really, just to draw out a, a bit about you, really. Um, some some kind of fun ones, but that that's what it's about. Um, so, I mean, looking back over your career, what would you say has been your biggest challenge? Uh, and what did what did that look like? And and you know what did you learn from the experience? I suppose. I finished. I, I nearly finished my degree, and I was an economist, and I worked for a company that needed an economist, and I landed in their office, and they gave me a bunch of um, spreadsheets, and they asked me to run some kind of a graph, not understanding anything. What it is, I was absolutely overwhelmed. And I went back to my, um, to my direct manager and I said, sorry, but I don't think I understand what it is. And the message was, you are not expected to ask, you're expected to know. And I was fired after a week. I was so relieved. And that taught me uh, a few things. First, if I ever become an employer, I will never do that, um, that level of activity. In fact, I will do a proper induction and explain and so on. I never take for granted the fact that you're expected to do something well, wanted uh, to be one of the most, well, inappropriate statements. That's an understatement. And the second thing is that it is so bad to feel that you don't know and to feel that you're unappreciated. Um, it was it was terrible. And, and that happened to me not just once. It happened to me throughout my career. In some occasions, I worked for the aviation industry and I tried to do very well in Africa, which I did. And I was arrested in Africa um, yeah, under certain pretense because I didn't have a visa. And eventually they got to release me after 36 hours from the jail. And when I went back to Israel and met with my boss, the first sentence he said to me after I sat on the chair, he said, do you know how much you jeopardized my, my uh, promotion? That was the answer, or that no. was the statement. And I was potentially, I was 28 years old. I was potentially um, emotionally charged. And I said to him, and how you feel, Mr. Artsy? And then he realized that he, he'd done something wrong. So, so how do you feel? I said, well, traumatized. My wife, she's pregnant. Eighth month, I was jailed on something I haven't done. Yeah. It took 36 months to release me. And your first statement is, and what I did then, he suggested I should go and take some leave. And I said, I hereby tell you that in the next six months, I'm not going to work for this company. Because you feel unappreciated for all the effort, for all the hard work. People want to feel appreciated. So to your question, this is potentially one of the biggest challenges I had. Uh, I want to add one more, which is important as an employer. I made some serious mistakes as an employer. And those mistakes cost us a lot of money and potentially nearly the company um you one needs to first be able to uh, reflect and sit it's so important yeah another time to reflect as opposed to think that everything is right and move and secondly every employer should trust but also verify trust without verification is not worth it as an employer you must verify everything that you trust mm -hmm. it doesn't mean micromanagement it means that you have to put all the measurement in place that whatever people tell you, they need to demonstrate it to you yeah. on request. Mm -hmm. 
Thank you. What what piece of advice would you give to your 20-year-old self? Take a deep breath before you answer. Yeah. Sit on your hands before you action and then bring <laughs> all your energy you've got and execute. Perfect. Thank you. Um, so another little kind of golden nugget, I suppose, for the listeners um, is if there's been a book that you, that you would recommend that's had a, a big impact on you and that you would recommend, you know, someone goes out and picks up or orders on Amazon, what, what would it be? So it becomes quite a commoditized book. Um, I would still recommend it as probably one of those that changed my life. Um, it's Sapiens by Yuval Noah Harari. Um, it, it was translated, I think, over 60 languages. Wow. That book is a brief history of human evolution. Um, so it's a historic book presented in such a beautiful, logical way, right. which makes you think quite a lot about us and this place called Earth and our role and who's playing really God and are we the gods? Um, how do we treat each other? How do we treat animals? How do we treat the environment? Very interesting, and it made me think a lot. Yeah, I suppose reading something like that, it just brings you down to earth a little bit more. We're one small cog in a very short period of time that gets to make maybe a little bit of an impact. Um, but yeah, I suppose it'll bring you down to earth a little bit. And yeah, <laughs> anyone that yeah needs that i suppose should yeah pick that up and it actually for, for those younger people just starting out oh, I think they having that, yeah having that perspective amazing thank you i will put that into the the notes um so that people can um yeah people can see it in there um but yeah apart from that we are we're more or less coming to the end now i will say before we go um congrats because i know that there was a big rugby win over the weekend that you're extremely enthusiastic <laughs> extremely enthusiastic about uh we are on what's the date today should know this 31st of october halloween yeah uh so yeah on, on saturday the Springboks won the rugby world cup so congrats time, which is the highest ever uh, against the all blacks that are an amazing team and we had a tough tough rugby world cup championship in uh, in a pool so i'm very proud of my of my team and proud of my people it was amazing yeah. amazing a very emotional day for you there for sure yeah <laughs> amazing well yeah that's about it so where can our listeners find you guy where can they find you so linkedin you can find me on linkedin guy golan um in the uk i don't think there's anyone in the uk with that name there are a few others around the world and um under performanta.com um, they'll see me there as well yeah amazing great well uh, give guy a follow um and check performanta out um for anybody any of our listeners who um have their own companies and you know when are really interested in in kind of guys culture then check them out um and yeah apart from that thank you very much really really appreciate your time um and yes we will uh, we'll get this released I'm looking forward. Thank you, Haley, for a great time. And uh, I'm definitely looking forward to, to, um, to this session. And I'm looking forward to others 